I was talking to somebody before service, and he said, how was your week? I said, well, it's been a week. I said, how was yours? He goes, well, I, I think about the same, you know, that type of deal. So um, sometimes we, we can get nailed with things. You know, I um, contemplated telling this, so I'm going to really dumb it down, this little story here that I'm going to throw at you here this morning. But my, uh, my, one of my sons the other day uh, comes home from school, and uh, he's tore up, right? He gets in the truck. Instantly, tears flowing. He's just like so upset. Yeah, y'all say all, all right? I know the story, okay? And uh, so, so he comes in and he's all tore up. And uh, he's, I'm not going to say what he did, but he's like, Daddy, I did something so bad, so bad. He's just confessing, you know, throwing it all out there. Probably thought his teacher done called me or whatever, but, you know. He's trying to get his edge out before I got a nailing with mine, you know what I mean? And uh, so, so he's so upset, and, and uh, I said, well, what'd you do, buddy? He's like, oh, it's so bad I can't tell you. I just, I just cannot tell you. I was like, man, okay, cool, I guess, right? So we get home, and I get the other one away from him, and I said, come here, let's talk. And uh, so he comes into the room with me, and we start talking, and again, the tears start flowing. And at this point, you know, as a parent, I'm like... <laughs> What punishment do you give? He's already kind of done it to himself. You know what I mean? I mean, just tore the plum up, I guess you could say. And uh, so he's, he's just bawling his eyes out. And, and I ended up guessing what he did. And yeah, I'm not going to repeat it. And, uh, and, and I, I said, I said, well, I said, well, you know, what did we learn from this? And, and he went on to tell me and, and it was all good and everything. But, but he comes back and he says, but daddy, I love Jesus. And, and right then and there, I said, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me for what I did. That was wrong. And I need to have a better attitude. And I need to do things better. And, and he looks at me and goes, Dad, I want Jesus in my heart. You know? And uh, so, oh, was he trying to set me up? You know? He knows I'm a pastor. And that's going to pull at Daddy's heartstrings. You know? But I, I thought about it for a moment. And I said, you know, sometimes we need to regain our focus within life. And God allows us to go through some difficult times sometimes in order for us to get ourselves right back to where we need to be again, you know? And I, I'm hoping that this little sermon series, and this is the last one, the last message for this series called Focus. And we've been really looking at generosity. We've been looking at giving. We, we last week, we, uh, you know, we, God really took us on a journey within our tithing and different things like that. And um, as we wrap this up today, I want to express that I want us to be this as a church, to be reflected as a church full of generosity, okay? As a church that's full of generosity, that we will lead the way in this, meaning that we will lead the way when it comes to generosity, understanding this, that is more blessed to give than it is to receive, all right? Here, here's what we do a lot of times within the church world. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll take on this, this attitude of, well, the more I'm giving, the greater it is that I'm going to receive. Let me help you out there. That should not be our mentality. Within the church world, it should be, I just want to give, give to help. Give to help spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give the help to those who are in need. And not allow myself to be all consumed of, well, what am I going to get out of it? And we, we get caught up in that rat race within our minds many times. Well, if I give this, God's going to do this. 
And here's what we will do a lot of times is this. Well, I'm going to give, and I'm expecting God to, to, to give with it back within the season that I'm needing him to give it back in. Can I help you out? Have you ever, have, have you, ever you know, seen something that God has done within your life and it, you expected him in one season, but it happened in another? Has anybody ever been through that? Like, God, I need you to do this right now, this week within my life. Two years later, you see it happen. Let me help you out. God's timing is far greater, far better, far more valuable than our own. So I want us this morning, um, and, and look, we could be very critical with a lot of ministries. Um, you know, you, you can look on TV, right? TV preachers, you know, they're famous for, a lot of them are within the prosperity gospel. And, and I don't float that way. If you know me, I'm not about the prosperity gospel. I'm not about like, well, if I serve Jesus Christ and he's just gonna give me everything I ever need, I'm gonna have wealth, great jobs, no family issues. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I have Jesus, he's able to help me to get through the bad times, the bad jobs, the bad family issues, the financial hardships. Okay, so you're kind of awake. All right, that's good. That's good. You know, the whole what? Sow your seed and you'll get $1,000 in the mail tomorrow within a check, right? Come on now. Let's be, let's be real. I've never been... I have never taught what we're going to talk about today, and that is this, on sowing and reaping. Never taught it when it comes to giving. All right, so I'm going to be honest with you. You guys are getting something new from me today, something that I've never really jumped right on. I've taught about sowing and reaping when it comes to, you know, uh, if you sow sinful seeds, guess what you're going to reap? Sinful seed, you know, a sinful harvest. You know, if, but if, then again, if you're going to, so and, and plant forgiveness, what are you going to reap? Well, you're going to reap forgiveness, all right? So this thing is, it's, it, I've never touched base when it comes down to the whole sowing and reaping when it comes to our giving. And I believe today that as we are going to look through the scriptures, that God's going to reveal to us some principles of sowing and reaping when it comes to the giving, um, incredibly, the Bible is, is going to speak to us, and, and we, we understand that it's true through and through. Am I right? The Bible is true through and through. Amen. Amen. And I believe that what is going to happen today is as we end this series, and I, my prayer is that this has touched your heart. Because remember, there's this, there's this thing called a wallet, and it seems to be have a, have a string or a chain attached. Where? To your heart. To your heart. And, and, and that's so, Right? I heard, I've heard preachers say it. I've said it myself. You know, uh, you show me your bank statement. I'll show you where your heart is. Think about that for a second, right? Crazy. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, the key thought of what we're going to have today, and, and we're going to touch base on, is this. What you keep is all you have. But what you give, God multiplies. All right? So what you... What is it? What you keep is all. And we look, 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 look. Let's take it even away from the giving part. We can take it all the way into the aspects of everything within our lives. What, what you keep is all you have. But what you give, God multiplies. It's like this. Well, I want to be forgiven by people if I've done them wrong. And, and, and so I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to show some remorse for what I may have done wrong and want that forgiveness. And receive the forgiveness 
Well, watch this. But yet the moment somebody does me wrong, we throw up the walls. We throw up the defense mechanism within our hearts and our minds. And we're not willing to give it back. And so what we're doing is we're keeping all of this. But God is saying to us, and he's going to say throughout the scriptures, look, what you give, God's actually going to multiply. I love it. I love, I love the, the church aspect. I love the dynamic of the church. And I, I really love, and you guys know this, the early church. We're doing a huge study on that on our Wednesday night Bible study, and I love it. It's fantastic. But the early church had this down perfect. The scriptures tell us that when there was need, they were giving. They were giving. They were generous. They had, uh, you know, just almost irresponsibly generous and just giving of all that they had. And the Bible says as they gave, they were excited. They were exuberant. They had a praise about them. They had a worship about them because they were able to help someone else. And because of that, the Bible says what? That God added to their number daily. God continued to move. God continued to add. So we know this. What I keep is all I have, but what I give, God multiplies. Let me ask you this. Do you want God to multiply in your life? Absolutely. You want God to multiply forgiveness. You want God to multiply compassion. You want God to multiply love. You want God to multiply understanding. Hey, let's be honest. You want God to multiply the finances. Am I right? I hope that's what you want. Don't sell yourself short, right? Let's take a look. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. You know when Jesus talks, we should listen. Am I agree? When Jesus talks, listen. He says this. Jesus said, give. And it will be what? Given to you. Right? Give and it will be given to you. In other words, when you give, God will multiply it back to you. Not only will God multiply it back to you, but God's going to multiply it not only back to you, but to those you're around. It's kind of like guilty by association. Anybody better ever been in a situation like, especially when you were a child? It happens with my sons all the time. One does something wrong, the other's hanging out and laughing about it. Guess what? He's getting in trouble too. Right? What happens here when we are becoming generous, we are giving. God says, I want to multiply it in your life, but not just so that you can receive. I'm big on this. God's even bigger on this. It's so that everyone around you can be impacted as well. Your circle, you're close. Those people that you're, you're, your influences are that you are influencing. How are you influencing when it comes to the generosity? Are you freely giving? It says give, and it will be given to you. And then here we go. This is a, a reflection uh, back from the Old Testament scripture that we looked on week one. What? A good measure, what? Pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. So in other words, as much as you're giving, it's going to be measured back. Hmm. One of the things that hit my mind while I was studying this and, and on the sowing and reaping, especially when it comes to the financial aspect of it, was this. Unless the Lord... And unless the Lord comes back first, my sons, they're going to grow up. 
I've got one that's growing up now who's married, and, and, and I got two who are, they're a long way away from that, let me tell you. Thank God, right? Slow down, fellas. But what's going to happen there is there's going to be a multiplication factor happen when families are going to begin to develop. And then that's going to develop. And then those are going to develop. Are you seeing this here? Generations to generations to generations. It's going to happen unless the Lord were to come back. And Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus, right? Anybody been in a situation this week where you're like, Lord, come back now? Let me throw two of them up. All right? And uh, so, so what happens here is we have to have in our mind that what we are giving and what we are doing, here we go. This is the unpopular message. This is the one that we don't want to hear because we want it to happen within when? Our lifespan. Our lifetime. But sometimes God goes, I'm going to bless the next generation because of your obedience and faithfulness. So what you are doing is impacting more than just you. It's impacting more than just those around you. It's impacting your children, their children, their children's children, and so on and so forth. What kind of legacy are we leaving? You know, Jesus was talking in this moment to primarily a group of people who understood what it meant to farm. We kind of briefly went over this uh, two weeks ago. And this is how many of them made their living was through their farming. They would have known that if someone was harvesting wheat, that the laborers would often get paid at the end of the week. We didn't touch base on this part, but they would often get paid at the end of the week. And so what their job was, was they would go ahead, and these were the ones who were hired, the hired staff, the hired workers, not the ones who were the volunteers getting. Remember, we talked about that the first week. They would, what, press it down. They would shake it together. They would keep dumping until, what, it was running over. But here's what the laborers did. You could imagine that they had these big, big containers that they may have had of wheat, and they were pouring in, and they were picking, and they were putting it all into these baskets. Well, they were only one person, so it would get awfully heavy to carry that. So that what they would do is sometimes, to them it didn't matter. They were getting paid hourly or, or by the end of the week on how they were going to uh, be um, compensated. And so they would do maybe a quarter of it full and just do a lot more trips. Are you following me? To get the wheat so they could handle it. Others would go ahead and maybe go halfway full. Some might be like Mr. Scott Hudson with some crazy strength about him and go three quarters of the way full, right? And go, and, and man, I saw this guy last summer single-handedly, there was a, I'm, I'm going to tell a story right quick, all right? I'm throwing you under the bus, dude. And uh, there was this boat, and these, these, we, were, we were out and about, we were all hanging out, and this boat had, had uh, these people had, had uh, put their anchor over, and they thought they, you know, they had plenty of water. Well, they did not have plenty of water. And so, you know, we're over there, we're trying to push this, help these people. There's like three or four of them, and like three or four of us, and we're trying to, trying to get it. And Scott, he just, Here's Scott. He's just, he sees us. You know, he knew it was happening. He's just walking slowly. That's that shinketig style. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's in a hurry. I'm in a panic for the people, and I don't even know them. Because I've been there. Y'all remember that story? And uh, so he walks over. He just, it's like he gets up underneath the, 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 you know, the bow of the boat and pushes it all by himself. It goes, it's, it's ridiculous. So congratulations, dude. That's your 15 minutes of fame, all right? 
But so what they would do is, and, and so you would have all these people, and, and they're carrying these baskets, you know, back to where they needed to go. And so at the end of the week, uh, the boss would come around and say, okay, whichever the last basket was that you filled, that's going to be the one that will be yours. That's your pay. So it was always what? The last basket would be what? Filled the most. What would it be? It would be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. All right? Now, question. How full do you think that last basket would have been? Completely full. If it's a little bit, they're not getting much. If it's a lot, they're getting a great deal. It's kind of like this. I love Royal Farms. There's a weakness at Royal Farms that I have. It's called a slushy. All right? I love slushies. It's like if church business has me coming off the island, before I come back on the island, guess what the pastor's getting? A slushy. Don't worry, I pay for it myself. All right? And so, so you know, I've, I've been in there. And have you ever noticed the cups? Like you get the cup and it's like, you know, yay big. You can get the big one. I try to be good. I go like this, this tall, you know. And, and so, but the, the lids give you extra. Are you know what I'm talking about? Like you got a mound. I'm like, whoever, that must, the Lord inspired somebody to do that. And the hole is just big enough for the end of the thing. Okay. So anyway, so I go in there and I'm like, you know, first thing I put that lid right on, I'm filling that thing up. And guess what? Halfway, hmm. We got to balance that thing out a little bit. We got to get as much as we can get in there. You know what I'm talking about? I want all that God's got for me in that slushy. And so then what? Then I hit that handle again and fill it up a little bit more. And, and you, know, you know there's air in those things. There's air. So if you, you got to time it just right. If not, the stuff's coming out over the top and running over the sides. Man, isn't that glorious? Isn't that just glorious? Some of you, I've seen people do this. Take that straw. Suck as much as they can and then fill it up more. Let me help you out. That's called stealing. That's called stealing. All right. But, but it's testing. I got you. Oh, my goodness. But you know what God is saying here? He's like, look, here's, here's the deal. Yeah, I've got more for your life. Press down, shaking together, running over. And it's not just so that you can receive, but it's that so many people around you are, are dependent. Watch this. Many people's dependent is dependent upon your blessing for their blessing. Can I help you out with that again? Many people are dependent upon your blessing for their blessing. That's not even in the notes. That was good right there. Think about that. So when we are not being obedient to the scriptures and not being, what, generous in doing what God is telling us to do, not only are you taking away from your life, but you're also taking away from many others. All right. Now, let's move on. Um, we're going to take, did I give you the second one? I did not, did I? Oh, yes, yes. Now, with that being said, this has just been a Sunday full of mistakes. Okay? But watch this. Number two here is this. You will, what, reap what you sow. Do you know that? You will reap what you sow. It's kind of like when my mother-in-law says to me all the time, it's going to come back to you. You're going to reap what you sow. How about this? When you're growing up and your mother looks at you, and goes, I hope you have 10 of them just like you. 
You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are like, that's the only part of God I felt this entire time. <laughs> Galatians chapter six, verse seven says this. Do not be deceived because God cannot be what? Mocked. But a man reaps, right? What he sows. Kind of like this, if you plant an apple seed, right? You're going to plant it. You're going to what? Reap it. But you're not going to just reap one seed, are you? You're going to reap a tree, that's going to have what? Many seeds to it, right? You're, you're, you're going to, you know, plant oranges. You're going to take a seed. You're going to plant it. You're going to have orange trees. What are they going to have? Oranges all over it, which is going to give the possibility of what? More seed. So what is happening? It's this whole deal of multiplication. God multiplying as you plant. Same thing with my children. As I said this before, I'm planting God into them. This church is planting God into them, showing them the word of God. And, and what is going to happen with that? It's going to what? Grow with inside of them and then multiply and go out to other generations, to other friends. Are you following me? Same thing's happening even right now within your life. I've heard many of you tell me how much that you feel that you have grown in the last few seasons while being here at this church. I'm thrilled about that. I'm happy about that. I'm glad for your life. But you know what I'm even more happy for? Is there's people who are around you all the time who are seeing that difference within your life. Why? Because you, plant, you allowed God to plant the seed. It's now what? Growing and others are being impacted by it. One of the greatest things is being used by God. You know what? God has called all of us. God has called you in life. You may not be called to be a pastor like myself. Be thankful for that. <laughs> you might be called to be a teacher of some sort, you know, whether in church or in, within the school system. And, man, you got to give credit to teachers. They go through a lot. I know my sons are in there, and I know they go through a lot. You know what I mean? You know, you might be called to work within our cafe, and i got to say this. I made one announcement on the cafe, and, wow, the response was tremendous. All right, so I want to thank all of you for, for jumping in there. You know, you might be called to, to do a life group, to run a soundboard, to, to click on, and, and, and on some media slides, to take Joe's job. I don't know what it is. But God has called you to do something. Some of you, God has called you to be a coach, a life coach, an athletic coach. Many of you, God has called you to be a, a mother and a father. That's the greatest calling you could ever have, by the way. Many of you, God has called you to be a spouse. You know, it, it, the list goes on and on and on. But understand this, whatever God has called you to do, it's because there's a seed that's been planted with inside of you. Let that seed nourish. Let that seed grow. Because when it does, it's going to be something that's going to be beautiful and it's going to multiply and it's going to affect so many other people. Now, what we're going to do here is we're going to look at some three truths from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to go through uh, verses 6 through 11. But the first truth we're going to take a look at is this. Your heart matters when you give. Everybody say, my heart matters. It does. Your heart matters. Watch. How do we know this? Well, Paul said it this way, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 6. He said, remember, whoever sows sparingly will what? Also reap sparingly. Now, remember, I'm talking about giving here, right? 
the financial aspect. That's what I've been talking. That's what our focus has been on for the last, well, counting this week, three weeks. But that really goes into so much more within our life. That's really every avenue of life. Every avenue of life is affected by that right there. Remember, whoever sows sparingly we also, will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, I, was, I gave you the, um, the, the attention or, or the thought process behind generations after you and generations and generations. Now, let me, let me take it a step further, and let's look at our eternal existence. For many of us, we may never see that true blessing come back to us until... We're in God's kingdom. Think about that. We are eternally with our heavenly father. When we are in heaven, we are in his very presence. Let me help you out. If you receive nothing ever at all, just by receiving Jesus, you have everything you ever could wish for. Everything that you could ever need. Never let anything else come over top of that. That Jesus is the most important thing that you could ever have within your life. All right. Um, so it goes on to say, and whoever sows generously will what? Reap generously. Then he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. But what? Not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? Because God loves. Everybody say that. God loves a cheerful giver. So God loves it when you give with the right heart, because the heart matters when we give. We've all been there where we receive something reluctantly. You've been there. It's kind of like when my, my boys do wrong, and I look at them, and after the discipline has happened, and I go, I love you, and they go, love you too. They're very reluctant, very reluctant. I'm like, gee, I really feel the love right now, fellas. You know what I mean? But God, what, what, what does he love? He loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want something that's being given to him out of, well, I have to. The pastor's been talking about it for three weeks. He's been harping on it. He's making me uncomfortable. Remember when I said, if it makes you uncomfortable? It's for you. A couple of amens on that one. Some of you are thinking about it. Here's a story. There was a Sunday and a pastor was... Um, giving the offering, and, and, and the offering plate was going around, and this uh, mom had, prior to, had given her daughter a $5 bill and a $1 bill, and the mom was going to teach her daughter about giving, and so she says, here's a five and a one, and one of these is for you, and one of them is for God, but you decide which one. So she puts the $1 bill in the offering, but then puts the $5 bill in her pocket. Afterwards, the mom was saying, so what was going through your mind when you did that? And the little girl said, well, the pastor said God loves a cheerful giver. And I thought I'd be a lot more happy if I kept the five and God gave, the, and gave God the one. Don't you love that honesty? Oh, that little child said, y'all going through the same thing. Right? What does God love? He loves a cheerful giver. All right, number two. I love this. I live by this. You cannot... Outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Verse 8 continues. And God is able to what? Bless you. There's a word there. Abundantly. Notice it doesn't say it's your job. It doesn't say he's just going to bless you uh, 
for whatever reasons, he's, he's going to do it abundantly. It doesn't say God's going to bless you sparingly. But God's going to bless you abundantly. But then you can say, well, pastor, you said you're not about the prosperity gospel. I'm not. You know, there's two gospels. There's a prosperity and then there's a poverty that is really popular within the church. The prosperity says I'm going to get because I serve Jesus. Because I'm going to be righteous. The poverty gospel says because I'm righteous, I'm going to lack. I don't believe neither one of them. Neither one of them. God tells me that I'm going to be blessed abundantly, and that's either going to be me or those around me or the generations to come or watch this, my final destination in his presence. But I will tell you this much. God says it's going to happen abundantly, so therefore it will happen abundantly. All right? Now, moving on. So that in all things at all times, having all that, all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who, what, supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God says he's going to what? He's going to increase your store of seed. In other words, when he blesses you, it won't just be with enough, but it's going to be with an abundance so that people around you are affected also. Now, there are two things when you are most like God. One, when you are giving, and number two, when you are forgiving. Why? Because God gave. Let me repeat that again. God gave his only begotten son. And that was a great representation of offering us forgiveness. So your heart matters when you give. All right, here we go. Uh, the next one. You cannot outgive God, and then people will thank God because of what you give. People will thank God because of what you give, right? Uh, let's take a look at verse 11. It says this. You will be, what, enriched in every way. Why? So you can be generous on every occasion. Imagine that. Every chance you see, boom, generosity is happening right here. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Imagine worshiping God because God used people to meet a need within your life. Imagine people coming to God because God used you to meet a need in someone else's life. How tremendous is that? It happened all throughout the early church. You see a few instances where the apostles were, were teaching, preaching, Let's take, actually, let, let me take a look. Acts chapter 2, I didn't give them this, but I'm going to read these scriptures to you. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I love that part, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. That's a life group statement right there. Everyone, it says, was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That's fantastic. That's great. Notice doesn't say because of those signs and wonders in that moment that the church was added to. It does later on, but not in this moment. It says all the believers were together and they had everything in common. It says, verse 45, that they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, I love this part. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with what? Glad and sincere hearts. They were doing this while what? Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. In other words, we're giving away and we're, we're, we're celebrating with you. We're not doing this reluctantly. We're celebrating with you. And it goes on to say that what? And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. Listen, I, I need to tell you this, that people thank me all the time for your generosity. They really do. You wouldn't know the people that I see out in the community on, on the island or on the mainland that will see me and, and, and they've been blessed by our church through a, the Thanksgiving meals that we give out, through the, the families that we provide a full, let me tell you that, a full Christmas for from this church. People who, who will call throughout the week and they need groceries. What do we do? If we have it, we give it. If we don't have it, we go get it and we go give it. People who call and, and they're having difficult. I'm not saying this to pump us up. I'm saying this to let you know what you are doing is making a difference. You're, you might think what I'm giving, I'm not seeing a return on you are. You just don't see it. The lives that are being touched, the electric bills, the rents that are being paid, the medicine that's being bought, the lives that are being touched. And why is that? because we have a church full of generous givers. I want you to stand with me this morning. I know that even myself, I have been challenged these last three weeks as I have studied for these messages. God has had to throw that focus on me. Pastor Kevin, you, not only do they need to hear this, but you need to hear this too. You know, sometimes we can be new to something and we need to be taught. I think that's happened here in these last three weeks. We've, we've been taught. Other times we can be seasoned vets, but yet lose focus and need to be reminded again. And I believe that God has done just that in these last three weeks. He has shown us well, it's great to get in here and, and hear how better your marriage can be and, you know, hear all the stories about my kids, you know. And, and while it's great to how I can grow closer to God and, and how my prayer life can be strengthened and, and, you know, do studies in the book of Acts, it's great to hear all of these different sermon themes and titles that God gives us and we go into, but we gotta understand this. We can't preach just segments of the Bible. We have to preach the entirety of it, the entirety. And in everything, there's some things that we feel comfortable with and there's some things that we feel uncomfortable with. But regardless of God is saying it, we have a responsibility to be obedient to it. So God has charged us these last three weeks. He set a challenge before you. Now it comes down to, are you willing to accept the challenge? What are you gonna do with it? You can't say, well, I've not heard that before, because you just, you have. You can't say, well, I've forgotten. Well, it was brought back to remembrance to you. But God has laid it before you and said, 
What are you going to do with it? It's in your hands now. See, I, I want us to continue to be so generous, so generous, responsibly giving back to our community and helping the needs, helping those who are without, showing the love and the compassion and the generosity of Jesus Christ, allowing the Holy Spirit to move and we be obedient to that and listen to that, what, still, small voice. Some of you right now, there's a loud voice and then there's a small one all going within your mind. It's been challenging you. You knew you were, what you were getting into today. You knew what you were getting into last week when you came in. You knew the theme of the messages. You, you might not have known the first one, but you knew the theme of the messages. God's been speaking. That loud voice sometimes can be the, the, the voice that's trying to take us away from what God's calling us to we do know that he speaks what? A still, small voice. Amplify that. Listen to God and see what he does. I want every about every close. God being the ultimate in generosity gave his only begotten son. And he swear believes in him. Should not perish, but everlasting. Maybe you're here today and you don't know who this is. understand it's the only way to the Father is going to the Son. Many of what we are, are, are giving and showing generosity, many of that blessing, you'll not receive here on earth. You'll not receive until you go to heaven and be in his kingdom. But if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, then you'll never have that opportunity. For some of you, he's been dealing, he's been tugging, the Holy Spirit has been tugging at your heart let me help you out. Today's the day of salvation for your life. Today's the day where everything changes. I want to ask if there's anybody here this morning and you want to make that commitment to Jesus Christ today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand and see that hand.
I'm not here to embarrass anybody today because I think in some way, some form, some fashion, we are all lacking out of all three of those messages in one area of life or another. And we need to what? Focus. We need to focus. I need to focus. Does anybody else need to focus? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for the challenge that you have laid before us. One, Lord, that lines up biblically, God, and, and, and I know that your word is full of truth. So, God, may we take what you have given us, these golden nuggets, Lord, this, these, these important words, scriptures, lessons, God, and not just hear them and go, oh, it's a great message or what have you, but, God, that, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply this to my life from this day forward. I'm going to apply these teachings, generosity, giving, I'm going to apply these teachings to my life. Because, Lord, it's not about what we can get, but, God, it's about all of those around us that will benefit also. As the early church did, they had the perfect pattern. They knew exactly the right way to bring it up. Because it wasn't about what they could get, Lord. It was about what all those around them received. May we take on this same mentality, the same direction. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for all that you've given us because we understand everything that we have. It's not ours. But God, it belongs to you. You, Lord, are the author and the finisher of all things. You're the creator of all things. And you own all things. God, thank you for having faith in us to manage what you have given us. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. The psalmist says, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in the sight of the Lord, our strength, in Jesus' name we pray. The church says, amen. We love you guys. Have a great week. Jesus, the only